But no, what really bothers me is the fact that you have millionaire athletes, millionaire politicians, millionaire celebrities finding ways to steal fucking money to <laughs> for yes. shit that for shit that they would have absolutely no problem whatsoever paying, paying for. for. Yeah. Yeah, you're already rich. Why do you also need a Ponzi scheme or yeah. some bullshit? It, it's ridiculous, and uh, I'm offended. You know so who's bro- really bad about it? In like the new wave is like influencers and their classes. Like they'll teach courses on stocks or Bitcoin or how to pick up girls or how to be a Twitch streamer. No, and you you know pay forty five bucks and you get access to their classes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like there's a guy on TikTok actually that um and I've mentioned him before I'm pretty sure but he does like uh basically he provides um information on how to apply and find and discover um like free government help like I think I've seen him, gr- yeah, of like stuff you can qualify, like grants. Grants and, and stuff like that, yeah. So, um, but he also, I, that's how he made a living. Like, that's how he got to where he is today. And now that he's old and, you know, in the last leg of his life, he gives a lot of that information for free on TikTok. But you can still go to his website and pay for like a package. And it'll just basically give you a data dump of all of these direct links. Of That's yeah. Places it's like to go. you can find it in in like small content form on his YouTube and TikTok. But if you want the whole shebang, it's really cheap too. It's like thirty bucks or something like that. I think. Yeah, like, but I mean, you know, a thousand people buy that at thirty bucks. You just made some fucking cash. Yeah. Um. But so. Essentially, it's all public information. It's all free information. It's just cutting out you having to go and do the legwork to find it. Find it and find what you, yeah. Um, Yeah, he's he's made a living off of, you know, using free to obtain information, but providing it directly and conveniently. So it's like. Isn't it crazy? They just How give out I, grants. I, for... I must I must be mentally retarded because I never <laughs> thought of doing anything no. like that. Well, like uh, even like me, like I'm they they make grants for like single income families and shit like that. That like, yeah, I'm not like poverty poor necessarily, but even I, you have a very unique situation, and you're lucky. I mean. You're lucky to have the situation that you have. I Very. mean, being being that your dad owns property and you're able to basically rent from your dad and also kind of have him as like, you, you know, like you're not like you're you're most likely not going to get evicted if you came up short one month. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of a safety net, which is yeah, such a big help. Oh, dude. I mean, take it, take it. And uh, run. I, I do. <laughs> are you still? I'm just curious. Are you on your own insurance yet? Yeah, I do my work insurance. It's gay. It's gay. It's big gay. It's, it's like ninety bucks every oh, paycheck. Really, not not bad. But buddy, I wish mine's like one 
thirty or some shit. Boggers. But and Yeah. that's for like and that's for like the middle of the road plan. If I wanted to like go up to like all the way so Anthem does like the color coding. They have bronze, silver, gold, and then platinum. Uh and I pay for the silver because I'm like, I'm a broke bitch. I can only afford this. Um Because the only thing that changed, virtually all the coverage is the same except for your deductible changes based off of your buy-in. So obviously, the bigger the plan, the lower the deductible. The lower the plan, the higher the de deductible. Um, so that's that's how it's structured for for most you know for most places. But the I think the platinum is like three hundred and fifty dollars a paycheck, and I was like, fuck to the Right. no no thank you that's a bill homie um yeah yeah legitimately that's that's more than my car payment and cell phone bill and like water bill combined car payment so yeah and all my subscriptions <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> like so you don't want spotify anymore You don't want Paramount, you don't want Disney, you don't want Netflix, uh, you don't want any of it. You just have to pay health insurance now. Um, do you think it's going to evolve back to cable like do you think eventually everyone's going to get tired of having like six different streaming platforms and they're all going to merge back into one I can already tell you people are sick of having that, but the alternative is is cable. <laughs> And that's not a good alternative. Um, well what i seem to have the problem is every movie i ever want to watch is never on any streaming platform Like every time I search out a specific movie, it's like hardly ever. It's like you could rent it on YouTube if you want. yeah, I I run into that a lot, but sometimes I do get lucky and it's like it's on HBO Max. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I have HBO Max. HBO Max is good, but it's going downhill. Have you seen that? How they're dropping like thirty Yeah. percent of all their They're content? yeah, they're cutting their content because they All the old school Cartoon Network cartoons are leaving. Yeah, that's gay. Isn't it? I like whenever I don't want to watch a kid show, that's what I put on. Like I Yeah. don't want to watch one of Lizzie's shows, but we're all going to be in here. I mean, Billy and Mandy. I can't really complain because I I personally don't get on there and watch Cartoon Network stuff. I do I have gone on there and watched like some old uh wait, does that mean they're losing Rick and Morty and like all the adult swim content? What I saw specifically was old. Like Oh in the in the I just it was a fucking article so like title so that like I read, so I don't so even like know, but Space Ghost Coast to Coast could potentially be leaving. Yeah. Yeah. But I never got into that. That was before my time. It was a great uh I mean, it was great because it was like uh you know it's cartoon character, you know, Space Ghost was like his own entity, had his own, you know, cartoon um, you know, he was a cartoon superhero that, you know, fought space creatures and shit. But um <laughs> when they when they did the Space Ghost Coast to Coast, they took that character, basically made him kind of like a, a like a late night TV personality uh like the late show or the tonight show or Uh-huh. something like that and they hosted real real people so like Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, I have yeah vague memories so they would of that. yeah so they would host like real celebrities and stuff but it was all pre-recorded obviously as it is in real life it's all pre-recorded uh very very rarely do you get a live show
it what was about live. the audience? It's live for them. You get a live studio audience, but it's not filmed live most of the time. It's not like a morning show with like Regis and Kelly, which is really old school. I, I don't even know who Kelly's fucking co-host is anymore. It might just be the Kelly show. I don't know. I don't have Kelly cable and-, and I don't watch... I don't watch The Price is Right. I don't watch The Wheel of Fortune. I don't watch Deal or No Deal. That's all outside of my um, scheduled programming availability. Hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. So, but anyways, so back to kind of the the beginning of this little shit rant. Um, Yeah, rich people, stop stealing fucking money. Brett Favre, be better. Really? (laughs) Stealing, stealing money from Mississippi and then giving it to your daughter's college fund? Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Politicians are... do it, too, so bad. Because oh, Hillary Clinton. Fucking, yeah. She robbed, well, her, like... she robbed her own foundation to fund her daughter's wedding. I mean... I, what I was thinking more was, like, when anything happens, everybody's, like, sends out donation letters, basically. You know what I mean? Like, for Uvalde, people were fucking uh, sending out donation letters. Like, saying, we need to pass gun reform. Give us money. Yeah, it was like the Democrat, the DNC is just sending out floods of, like, you know, oh, Roe v. Wade got overturned. Send us an emergency $25 donation so that we can fight for you. And it's like, or what? what's his face? Uh, Trump's lawyer who's getting arrested for the fraudulent border wall fund, fund Randy, fundraising. Who, who, what was this? I keep man? thinking of Mike Lindell, and that's not who Mike Lindell is. That's the My Pillow guy. Huh. I think he was Trump's lawyer for a minute. No, but he's he was he's going down for January sixth, apparently. Uh, as he should. Valid. He he was a fucking crackpot and was all like, "I have evidence to arrest every single American in this country." If Billy Mays saw what he turned into, he'd be so disappointed. Yeah, well, Billy Mays, I miss that guy, OxyClean. <laughs> I love the old OxyClean commercials. Yeah, it's quality infomercial. Uh, See, I have skits. Fever dream memories of waking up at like three in the morning and him just screaming it at me, and the TV's still yeah. on. Now we have Phil Swift yelling at us about Flex Seal and Flex, Flex Dave. Seal. That's so funny. It was either it was either Billy Mays or George Lopez, depending mm-hmm. on what channel I fell asleep on. Mm-hmm. Those were the golden ages of television. <laughs> I, I'm convinced. But, uh, alas, you know. Welcome to Unwise Analysis. Unwisely and analyzing. Analyzing. It's for you. Analysis. Uh, it's Tyler and Nick, your uh, fearless co hosts. Uh, I'm doing good tonight. It's been a decent day. How about you? Yeah, man. You know, we had a little birthday party for a one-year-old today, so that was pretty lit. Got fucking drunk. Not really. Um, hey, drunk so, with the kids. Got fucking <laughs> drunk at a one-year-old's birthday party. Doing um, jello shots. We were fucking ripping bongs and 
blowing blunts and K two fucking snorting dabs off of hookers' tits. Yeah, I said snorting dabs. You heard me right. I'm kidding. Uh, no, we had a good time though. A lot of family, a lot of lot of good stuff. He had a smash cake. It was great. Um, love a smash cake. Love a smash cake. Love it. Loving every minute of it. <laughs> So, yeah, um, life continues to go on and becomes a little more unbearable each day. But, you know, somehow we make it work. We said we'd be back and we did it. Yeah. This is a record now. Uh, it's a new record. <laughs> two episodes uh, uh, in consecutive order by week. Um, I've, I've went back and listened to a lot of our previous work this past week because I I think I got bored in my car rides to and from work, and I just kind of wanted to go back and search for uh, inspiration and, and past violations and triumphs. And I think uh, one thing that I have discovered about myself is I say the phrase, you know, a lot before I say anything uh, following <laughs> that, you know. I'll literally be like, you know, or, you know, and then, you know. So I'm consciously making an effort not to say, you know, tonight. <laughs> that's growth, baby. Well, yeah. that's like I have to clench both my teeth and my asshole at the beginning of the episode, not to say recording in progress. Recording in progress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There always been your. It made me laugh because all those old episodes was always recording in progress. <laughs> like, oh, God. You miss it. Damn it. The viewers miss it. I don't know. I don't know about, I don't know about that. Anyone who's been here since the beginning, um, thank you. But Do you think we have anybody besides JJ? Do you think we have any strangers that have been here since the beginning? I like to think we do, but... I would like to think so, too. More than likely, no. Reach out to us. Come on the show. I mean, if you are out there, you say something, I'm giving up on you. You know? We're drowning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's really funny. You know what's funny? I don't think I numbered the last two episodes. That That just popped into my head now that I'm thinking about it. I think we're in the 40s now, aren't we? Yeah. We're due for another guest, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah. JJ was the last one. And uh, I love you, JJ. <laughs> uh, that episode was cringe, though. Love you. Yeah, it was um, pretty cringe. It was I, I, it was fun. It was JJ had the time of his life. That's great. You know, he sat there in mostly silence and just basically was like a live studio audience <laughs> of a single person. Uh, He's going to come talk shit to me when he listens to this one. That's fine. Um I'm only his second um, favorite co-host. So. Speaking of, I'm supposed to give the version of the story that won't get me fired uh, that I told you before we started. Uh, I was supposed to thank JJ because uh, I dropped my headphone down the elevator shaft at work and he was able to get it out somehow through his infinite wisdom and abilities. He's not the hero we wanted, but he's the hero we he, needed. He's both the hero I wanted and needed that night. Let me Ooh, tell you. Oh, oh. oh. Happy endings. Tell JJ, me. I could suck your dick right now. <laughs> <laughs> I 
No, I could have a whole podcast where the work stories that would get me fired though at this point, probably. I think we all do to be fair. Yeah. Um yeah. maybe not with my current job because my current job is very um regulated. Very regulated, very easily fireable if you try to pull any sort of fuck shit. Um so I'm gonna say for past employment, um that is you know, I can't be fired from this one anymore, but uh, expiring candy bars at Office Max totally ate them, did not throw them away, did not pay for them, <laughs> didn't do anything except eat them. Um, and sometimes it didn't necessarily have to be expiring for me to get hungry and just go out there and grab something off the shelf and eat it and say, fuck it. Um, same, you thing, same thing with uh, the, uh, the the beverage fridge that I can just freely open and take workplace theft is a victimless crime. Yeah, for the most part, and you know that the office max doesn't even exist anymore, probably because we ate it out of business. If we're being honest Not, with ourselves, office max as a company probably won't exist anymore in the next ten years. So, well, office max in general technically doesn't exist anymore because it was merged with office depot um but any any, no victims to be had yeah so any location that's still a office max is technically recognized (laughs) as an office depot it's an office depot in disguise don't trust it (laughs) (laughs) well you know you walk up to the building and it says office max on the outside and then you get in and everyone's wearing these god-awful red and black shirts that say office depot and you're like where am i So yeah, it's basically Office Depot, but with uh, a, a extra steps with with a with a different with a different title outside <laughs> the door. Don't worry about it. It's transitioning. Yeah, it's it's a fucking mess. Um, that is know, so funny. Big box stores that are specialty stores for like stationery and pens and paper and which is stationary um, and anything like office supplies related is, is kind of just fading away like staples. Well, you can buy it all on Amazon. Now. Buy it all on Amazon. Yeah. And most of, most of the stuff that you need, you can just go to Walmart and buy, I mean, or have Walmart deliver, you know, like a million. Yeah. It's just, I mean, at Walmart yeah. and, and Amazon kind of both played the same game. You can order, Really, you can order so much shit on Walmart.com that isn't sold by Walmart. It's it's honestly kind of annoying. I hate it, actually. Because yeah. <laughs> when I'm looking to buy something from Walmart... I'm going what, to go get it. What I want to know is, can I come to your store and procure this? Exactly. And it's usually some off-the-wall item, and it comes up on their website. It's like, this is on Walmart.com. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. But I still check... And it'll say sold by Salah Salee. And it's like, oh, you're not Walmart. You're, Walmart. you're a dude selling stuff through Walmart. Um, Got it. One thing I love is that the app tells you what aisle the item is in. Love that so much. Yeah, so that feature is very handy when it's accurate. Um, it does. I have, yeah, had it valid. Not, <laughs> I have had it not be so accurate before. And I'm like, I'm in aisle E27B, and it's not here. 
Uh, nine times out of ten, though, I've used that feature and it works out, so I like that. Uh, Meyer does the same thing, but I don't really shop there a whole lot Too anymore. bougie. It's it's gotten out of hand. Um, It's bougie. they've they've It's really rich people. they they have picked up the inflation football and have ran with it. They're like, oh, you mean we can charge even more for our stuff now? Please. It's probably like if I had to tear it out like into a, a system, I would say your entry level is Walmart. And then your next step up is probably Meyer. And then we already know what the top tier is, and that's Target. Josh could speak hours on Target, I imagine. Target and Josh are basically Enemies. kind of one and the same. They they uh, they know each other very well, and not for any of the correct reasons for knowing one another. He single-handedly kept those doors open on that South Carolina location, man. All I have to say is credit card debt. <laughs> <laughs> credit card you think debt. he he doesn't listen to these? No, no. Um, I as far as I know, Joshua is dead. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, he, I talked to him a couple of days ago. I said, he, "You ever gonna do the podcast?" He said, "Maybe." he, uh, <laughs> yeah. I he 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 does he doesn't even participate in any of our group chats anymore. So I'm like, well. Um, Are we even friends? it was good Do knowing you you, like man. us? It was good knowing you. So, I love He does you. this though, a couple I love times you. a year. <laughs> I love you. I hope you come. I hope you at least come back to the group chats, uh, you know, and obviously come back to the to the podcast. But I think the group chats right now would be a good first step. Um, Dip your toe in, yeah, see if you still like us. <laughs> swirl your foot around in the water, see see what the temp's like, man. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'd appreciate hearing from you sometime. this is not the way to reach him. Let's say that. No, no, this is a benign fucking call for mercy. Um, so yeah, miss Josh deeply and intimately, but uh, the show must go on, as they like to say in theater. They Oh, do. They do have to. so here it is. This is that's that's the show. This is it. Bye. Have Thanks a nice for night. listening. I hope you heard that. Did you hear that? That loud ass chat box that just <laughs> raced by your house. Yeah, yeah. That was that was entertaining. I'm like, you know, I don't have children upstairs to sleep, you cuck lord, but that's fine. See, It's... I live in the boonies, but also in town. So we have guys that ride dirt bikes around. I was going to say, I'd hardly call where you live the boonies, but you live like in the suburbs of Marion. That's It's called Hucklebuck. Yeah, I mean, and you do, to be fair, you have a field behind your house. It's more like um, if a Kentucky hauler and a <laughs> O block. You know, or a, a project had a baby. That's fair. That is definitely fair. Yeah. So without White trash. further, without further ado, though, let's go ahead and uh, dive right into our con. Oh, exquisite. Uh, first up, we have soul contracts and life Boom, review. boom. Boom. Uh, these both tie into reincarnation. which we touched about on episode two, I think.
Okay. So none of you have heard it. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I also can't speak to how good that episode is. I imagine it was pretty solid. Our first couple were pretty good, I feel like. If you're curious, the title of that episode is Reincarnated Chupacabra. Uh, yes, we did, we did Reincarnation Cryptids. Yes. Uh, so basically, yes. Uh, the uh, So for soul contracts to exist, you have to understand that your soul exists on many in all planes at the same time. And that is like the physical in your body type deal, what you're experiencing now. And the also uh, spiritual or whatever, wherever that plane is or what it looks like. Uh, basically before you're born, your soul signs a contract with the universe saying that I will accomplish X goal and or learn X lesson. So maybe uh, bring joy or bring pain or learn humility or learn empathy or whatever it may be to become a more well-rounded individual soul. Right. You know, I have one small tiny grievance with that. And that's that. How do I know I signed a contract? with the universe to do anything so you don't it's part of the soul contract is you're supposed to forget it now granted i only did a couple days or i i said it like it's not a lot but i only did like eight to ten hours of research solid research on this and this topic is you know exponentially bigger than that apparently but also eight eight to ten more hours than i do so it's like both a huge topic and also there's nothing to it it's a lot of like fill in the blanks type deal with whatever your view or version yeah, of spirituality uh, is. Yeah, I mean, it's basically it opens up this door and says uh, you can basically choose to feel about this however you want to feel about this. So, uh, but how, but apparently you can find out what your soul contract is or you can attempt to by, you know, deep meditation where you open your third eye and speak to the universe, speak to light language, the other side or whatever it is. And if deemed worthy, Mm -hmm. they will tell you what you're supposed to learn. But it's kind of one of those things where it's like intuition where you like, you know, but you don't know, you know, trust your gut, what feels right, what doesn't feel right and all that. But since you're asking about, go ahead. I was going to say, just kind of like in theme, but have you ever seen the movie Soul by Pixar? No, I haven't. Wait, I've seen bits of it. I've not seen the whole thing, though. Okay. Since I'm uh, asking, about what? uh, About whether you know you have one or not. This makes me want to bring up the the video I sent you. Uh, Yeah. The the flip side of it is uh, I saw someone who believes that soul contracts are evil that it's almost the exact opposite instead of being here to learn about a lesson or grow as an individual you hear as punishment and we're here for enslavement earth is a prison planet and our reptilian overlords force us into soul contracts to keep our souls trapped here so we're on this cycle of returning and signing new contracts or repeating our failed contract or whatever. And you have to break your contract 
with the reptilians to be free and leave Earth as a prison planet. You know, there's a lot of um, really interesting stuff out there about the whole reptilian race right now, and I actually sent you my own reptilian race kind of yes. theory, if you will, the other day um, about how they were actually uh, part of the original you know, dinosaur... Oh my god, I said it. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Anyways, uh, the dinosaurs, they were the most intelligent form of, you know, the dinosaurs, so to say. A la and... humans from... Humans from lizards instead of mammals. Exactly. So they essentially went underground, um, had highly advanced technology and were able to survive for the past umpteen million years. Um, and they essentially uh, enslaved the Earth or now try to still uh, control uh humans lives and there were these uh aliens who came to or the okay so the galactic federation showed up and told uh you know one race of aliens to get the get the fuck out stop intervening with humans let them be and they were like cool man yeah you're right or we're, we're gone but then the reptilians were like no, fuck you, we're from here, this is our home planet, the humans belong to us, and if we wish to intervene in their, you know, day-to-day lives, or be their supreme leaders and overlords in the backgrounds and the shadows, then that's our divine right. It doesn't really evolve from there, because this is like, this is like basically a, a George Orwell book now. Um, so... Take it for what you will, but it is truly fascinating because um, there's, you know, there's people who think that the uh, whole reptilian thing is like the reptilian overlords are uh, controlling us in like a matrix simulation type thing, which I know we talked about simulation theory a couple weeks back, which that was kind of a, a different version of, of that, but there's also another simulation theory where we're all just in a simulation where reptiles are ruling the earth and using our bodies as energy and putting us into the simulation as a form of control. So, and then you have the behind the shadows, shape shifting, blending in as humans. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's been plenty of uh, people, politicians and celebrities who have been accused of being lizard people because like, there's been like weird, like camera anomalies on like their face will like kind of like get all like, you know, just distorted and their eyes will look kind of like reptilian for a second. So it's, it's fascinating stuff. Um, but this one, this video that you sent me, it really took the pie, man. It really took it. Yeah, uh, I have, we'll have to do more. Like, I forget what it even said, but that was the gist of it. Like, more, more or less, is they are like the supreme, like beings um, of Earth, and when you die, your consciousness is basically intercepted by them, or your soul, if you will, is intercepted by them. 
They trick you into signing the and, soul contract. Yeah, and yeah, they trick okay. you and they trick you back into a soul contract and make you feel like at first they make you feel like all warm and fuzzy and surround you with love and like harmony and tell you like you're going back to earth, but then they like punish you and like throw every single negative feeling and thing that you ever experience or made someone else experience um on you and basically guilt you and make you feel bad about like you were a bad person like you need to go back and figure the shit out and and do better um it's basically how they they guilt the soul into going back to earth and trying again um yeah that's crazy but like this is just like I thought this would be like kind of a little like, okay, I look into it for a couple hours. It's a fun little thing people talk about on the internet and call it a day. But this is just like the tip of the iceberg. Like, I I vaguely know about these two things, but this is tied in with soulmates and twin flames. Apparently, there's a thing like in the same line of those things, there's a soul family where you have these it's a group of souls who interact in this family dynamic. So if you've ever had a friend that you like just have an urge to mother, like you act like you're their mom, you mother that friend or the mom, the mom of the friend group or whatever, supposedly Mm -hmm. that's part of your soul family. And that's you fulfilling those roles you're supposed to fulfill. And like souls, like there's so many things that don't make sense too. Because souls, like, are supposed to help each other through, like, events and things in that nature, like a soul family, you know. Mm -hmm. But, like, what if – but we're also supposedly we have free will. So what happens if someone doesn't do – if one person doesn't do their job, doesn't that mean somebody else is fucked? Like, if someone Uh is supposed to help somebody else and that first person just kind of fucks off this round, go around, what about that second person? What happens there? And also – that leads me to do we consistently reincarnate in the same location on this planet like are our souls me and you for example are our are are our souls interacting in different lifetimes so that means we would have to be in theory reincarnated in the same location as each other in these different lifetimes well yeah I mean, so kind of, kind of a weird thing to think about too would be, let's say if that's true, and you re always reincarnate from where you start, uh, started you know from in this life, um, into the next one, and you know from life's past as well, you have to think. Like, people travel and move all over the world and all over countries, and um, it would be kind of like, I don't know. Limiting, right? Yeah. If you're thinking of free will. Yeah. But in today's age, it's more possible in this current life and in future lives because of the communication we have. Like, you know, let's say our souls reincarnate. The next go around, we just happen to be internet friends that are really close, but we never actually meet. We can still fill those same roles, but even 70 years ago, that was not a thing. Yeah. You know, like the last go around before this one, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how does yeah. it work out? It's very thought provoking. But, um, I have to admit. Um, 
essentially what I was trying to get to, um, because I was struggling to kind of find a way to explain it properly. But let's just say, hypothetically speaking, I think it'd be better to do it this way, is I'm a British native. I lived my life 70 years ago, and I was born and reincarnated in Britain, and you were born and raised Ohioan. And then you know, I decide to move from the UK to Ohio for some god-awful reason. And you and I meet through some form of happenstance. And now we think we've just met for the first time and we become friends and we start a podcast and start doing all sorts of, uh, you know, other extracurricular activities. Um, and then, you know, we die and then I reincarnate again and I'm in the UK, but let's say this time I decide to move to somewhere else in Europe or just a different state in the States and that has, and you reincarnate in Ohio once again, and now I'm nowhere near you and you're nowhere near me. And the only way we could potentially meet now is through some sort of chance of maybe meeting one another online and becoming, like you said, friends through I see, that right, type but of it, channel. It requires either one, either A, we're born in relative proximity to each other or B one or both of us have to move and either like, like in your example, one moves to the other or we both move to the same third place. Yeah. And, and for those yeah. like, so like that has to like, like, you know, let's say you meet somebody in college and it feels like you've known each other your whole life. That is a good example of that. You know, maybe you were <sighs> friends or whatever in a past life. Yeah. I mean, I could just be overthinking it too. But well, I just like it just seems like I my brain gets stuck on that because it's specified that we have free will too. I think that'd be a whole good topic on its own. Also, is just the idea of free will for a podcast. But like, if we like we have free will, but it's also like there's a path and there's a plan for us, but we can choose to diverge from that plan, which kind of makes sense to me. But it's like, like, what happens then? Is it one of those like? self-correcting courses where it'll open up new avenues from you from like let's say i was supposed to move to california and follow my dreams to become i don't know a rapper right <laughs> but it's but instead i like knock knock up my high school sweetheart i'm stuck in my hometown right still making music but the opportunity is not there so does that but my 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 goal my plan my soul contract takes me to being famous right does that mean like i'm like fucked this go around sorry try again or does that mean i'm playing in a local club and there happens to be some exec from some record label that's just passing through and in the area and sees me and like signs me that way like does it do you get these new avenues to reach your goal you think like that or do you think it's you could free will yourself out of it um well i'm uh a partial believer in luck i think uh a lot of people make their own luck you become fortunate through um everything in life is 
kind of a gamble um and a, an example life is an ex life in and out of itself is an example of taking a chance I saw uh, someone say luck is when uh, preparedness meets opportunity. Yeah, yeah. that's the famous. Uh... Oh, God. Somebody was quoting somebody else. I, I must know. be going retarded because I've been yawning like all night. So, yeah. So, when that is actually a famous um, line is luck is when um, whatever you just said. <laughs> and um, so. Yeah, I I think I, th I think at the end of the day you life like I said life life in general is taking a chance and if you're not willing to take a chance you never have the opportunity to be lucky and if you're always taking chances you have more opportunities to not be lucky Plain and simple. Not everything is always going to go the way you planned it. Not right. everything is always going to work out the way one intends it to. But eventually, mathematically speaking, the more chances you take, the more chances you have to fail, but you also have the equal amount of chance of success. So the more opportunity and the more chances you take, the instead of low risk and uh you know they usually say low low risk low reward high risk high reward but also you know does risk outweigh reward and right. in some cases it does but i think when you're constantly taking chances you have more of a 50 50 odd versus like a 70 30 or a 30 70 so it's yeah it's, it's it's really hard to wrap your mind around because you have um a, a lot of variables to play with there and you're never going to be able to calculate them down enough to ever make the correct decision every time it's right. just impossible we're humans, we're, we're flawed, we're meant to make mistakes, we're meant to take chances and fail, but we're also meant to take chances and succeed. So the opportunities for success are out there, and the opportunities for us to um, be lucky are always, you know, right in front of us. We just have to make that gamble. And I think a lot of people get discouraged because they will, like, go and they'll you know, make a little gamble and then they fail at it or they get, you know, burnt on it and then they're afraid to just go out there and try it again. Yeah. Um this all uh, the soul contracts, they also like plead to the less fortunate in the in a similar way that all kind of religions and self help organizations do. Where it's like you're in this like you hear like you're in this situation for a reason or god would never give you something you couldn't overcome or all these other things so something it, people tell themselves to yeah get through the day but uh <clears throat> in the soul contracts it's like you know you're here to learn this lesson right and sorry sometimes that's just your 
learning to overcome adversity. That's why you're a single mother or you're learning to be a victim. That's why this or that. But this one podcast I listened to about this took it a step further where they explained they use domestic violence as an example. And they said that the abuser <laughs> is the abuser is there to teach the victim how to be a victim. Like that's their objective. This life is to learn to be a victim and to learn to overcome adversity. Oh, so they God. love them enough to put them through this so they can become a more well-rounded soul. Wow. They, and I thought that was disgusting. <laughs> like, honestly, I thought that was just like a stupid thing to say. Yeah. But yeah. They, that's, uh, that's a bit of a reach in my opinion. And this is the, the part. Every time I use podcasts as research, I find some sort of off the wall fuckery that I hope that we aren't. I don't think we are, but I'm sure somebody does. But like these girls, it was two sisters. Sorry, hold on. It was two sisters, and they do this podcast together. <laughs> and one of them was, uh, I'm going to say pretending. She was pretending to channel Beelzebub during the podcast. And every time she'd say something off the wall or the, a joke that didn't land, she would reference it as being something Beelzebub said or wanted her to say. And... I thought Beelzebub was a form of the devil, but you said he's like a he's a demon, like a big OG demon. But I thought he was the devil in the same way, like Lucifer and Satan are the same person, but but they're referenced as the same. Yeah, no, so that's what I Beelzebub and um, there's there's a few of them. Right. Yeah. There's a few like when you said that 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 jogged something in my head that oh, made sense. Yeah. There's a few OG demons out there, and Beelzebub is one of them. Him and Lucifer are not one and the same, but he is a powerful demon. But she was because Lucifer is a uh, call him a celestial, if you will. Uh Um, he he's not um God, but he is a uh powerful being that descended from. A realm of immortality and interesting he's uh you know like satan is not uh ominescent he's um he can't he's not like if you want to use christian you know guidelines here he's not uh i, I guess he he's not omnipotent he can't see and hear everything everyone does like god supposedly would uh-huh. be able to that that's a power that he just doesn't have but what he does do is satan or lucifer whatever you want to call him feeds on the weak and the desperate and seeks out people who can easily be corrupted and easily uh, be kind of tricked into a different type of contract to obtain their soul. So, yeah. go yeah. ahead. Sorry. No, it's fine. That's basically the premise. Of it. I'm glad you said that because I heard through my research that you can't sell your soul. 
because it's not something you own. It is you as an entity. You are your soul. Your soul is you. So you can't sell it. Christians make the same argument. They say your soul belongs to God, so therefore it was never yours to sell to begin with. Uh, they but they say that it's a placebo effect, where you feel like you you so okay. The girl said that Beelzebub said it's a placebo effect. Oh, that you just feel like you have these abilities to do whatever your request was after you feel like you've sold your soul. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, one more thing to rag on this nameless podcast. They their dog saw a apparition while they were recording and it was really funny and the girl was like I don't know who that is I don't know why he's here just lay down and I thought that was like kind of funny that like yeah definitely Beelzebub, like Beelzebub and a ghost in the same podcast hell yeah <laughs> how cool is this this sounds like too good to be true um mm. and they were even using it to justify their soul contracts justify their own familial trauma where apparently one of the sisters was incredibly sick as a child. So because like part of her contract was her overcoming her illness and being a normal human, whatever it was, they didn't say, and receiving all this love and attention from her parents because she was sick. And part of the other, the older sister's contract was learning to love herself and take care of herself because she got less love and attention from her parents because her little sister. And I thought that was... It's interesting how people deal with bad things that happen to them and how they justify them and overcome them, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Soul contracts are weird. Uh, and this kind of leads into the life review. The life review is tied into basically everything we've talked about. And, you know, the story, like, when you die, you get to re-experience your whole life. You get to watch your life before your eyes again, right? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this before, how uh, scientifically, supposedly this is a a dump of DMT that the body produces and puts into the brain. Yeah. I probably to ease the traumatic experience that it death is, yeah. I would imagine, but <laughs> in any form, it's an evolutionary. Yeah. You know, it's an evolutionary it's like chemical of that morphine for pain. You yeah. Know? That's like, yeah. The brain but, uh, has found a way to uh, make death less. Rawr. It's kind of portrayed and equated to sitting in a movie theater and watching, you know. But according to the soul contracts, it's much more in-depth than that. You experience every moment as yourself and as those around you because, you know, we're all one entity in the universe. Uh, so, like, you know, all of the joy and the pain you've caused, you re-experience. So let's say, like, you get into a fight when you're a kid in high school or whatever. Both of you re-experience the anger and rage and maybe triumph let's say you win from that fight you also experience it as the person you beat up so you experience all their physical pain and everything like you experience you punching yourself in the face is how it's described and it's like and then uh you know on the other side of it the reptilians use life review to help trick you back into signing your contract because you experienced all the bad things you did and caused. Yeah. So it's very easy to, I think it's very easy to get kind of like caught up in this. Um, 
and and let it kind of almost kind of consume you a little bit because it's so thought-provoking and there's so many different angles and different pieces and parts to the puzzle that you could really focus your attention on with this. But at the end of the day, I think what's more fascinating is that as humans, we don't know what happens after we die because none of us can really claim to say that we've ever experienced anything because if on one end what we're talking about right now would uh were to be true it We'd doesn't forget sound it all. yeah it doesn't sound like we would know it either way and then and and if it if, if it's not correct and some other form of the afterlife is it, that we speculate upon happens to be true we still wouldn't comprehend it or understand it or know about it. So, so if does that we mean... are, and you know, if we are inherently in, uh, reincarnated from the beginning of time, we we have no idea. It's interesting because there are like, there's okay, two things: the reincarnation. There are other aspects that we don't know. The same way we don't know, like what happens after death. There are more ways to reincarnate than there are on earth you know what i mean like mm -hmm. you can reincarnate celestially or dimensionally which is a wild concept uh i totally well, forgot my other point oops well perhaps i mean if you don't know then you would basically yeah i mean if you don't what? know if you don't know where you're going or where you're coming from then it's, it's just a crapshoot it's the same. It's if you don't know and can't remember, it's the same as if there's nothing almost. Yeah. Like there's not because there's repercussions to your actions, I guess. Yeah. But I, my other point, my other question was do you think that, uh, okay, going on the vein that all this is false and when you die, you just you die? There's nothing before life, nothing after life, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think all these near death experiences, People report about the news where they like see the light or see Jesus or re-experience their life. Do you think that is like their brain just committing to death too soon, then preemptively dumping that DMT, but they're resuscitated or don't die for whatever reason? Because like, does that make sense? Like what I'm asking. I think in the, I I think in the respect of never have experiencing it. I can't say for sure, but I know that when you're in a situation that makes you, let's say, have a close call, a quick shoulder rub with death, right? I would say in that regard, you have the ability to um, look back on it and say, what are we talking about? Oh, <clears throat> um, I'm asking if, like, assuming nothing is, there's nothing after death. There's mm -hmm. no reincarnation, no heaven, no hell. But people have these experiences of. Oh, right, right. So, if, yeah, okay. I, I remember where I was going with it now. Like, I, do you I think the I body. Started, I started trailing off. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, DMT, I think, is the body's natural. Let's say you're going to die naturally. I think that's the body's natural way of okay, I'm Easy dying. Death. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm dying, I'm releasing DMT. 
I don't know if there's any actual proof out there, though, that shows where we see a spike of DMT in, like, near-death experiences. I and guess I know, and I you know could really, the, yeah. Yeah, and, the, and you probably could, and it might already be out there. I, I'm just saying I don't know of it. And I know that the human brain um, has a way of sometimes um, hyperanalyzing things when you're in, like, a, in a panicky state where like you're like oh my god i am going to die you know that that level of anxiety can hyperinflate and exaggerate situations and make you maybe even hallucinate right yeah i mean definitely there's just the stress and the trauma of whatever that situation is it's yeah like, so it's really interesting this is definitely something we could come back to mm -hmm. we can do a come back to reincarnation in this yeah type deal it's very interesting and fun to think about and just like been questioning all these things about it. Cause like, that's, what's interesting about it. I don't know if I already said this or not, but like, it's like, it's a great tool for like a cult leader because <laughs> it, yeah. it, at its core is very simple. You don't remember your soul signed a contract to learn X lesson. You have to complete it or try again. Like very simple at its core, but then okay. you just, fill in the rest with whatever is applicable to your religions and or teachings yeah i think a, i think a good cult leader would even go as far as to say i will help you unlock what figure your, out your what your uh, soul is here to do yeah so, definitely that's probably um, already been done that's too easy right like yeah but i'm saying a good one would do that yeah I mean, if you really want people's like attention and devotion and you're promising them like a reason for their existence, then you know, there's not enough desperate people out there that and like, that is yeah, so show much me, show me my purpose, show me the meaning of life. So much power over somebody too, because it's like they're already trusting you know, you with their entire life and their view of the world around them. But like you could warp that into whatever your purpose is to solve serve the cult. Your purpose is to commit X demerit X domestic terrorism act for X reason. You're you know what I mean? Like kill these people. Yeah, kill it yourself. Be, like, it wouldn't be the first time that someone uh committed a heinous act of anything without uh you know, by invoking, you know, something. A lot of people have invoked God and, you know, I kill you in the name of God. And it's like, well, that's kind of contradictive to the Ten Commandments. So I do not accept your claim to kill me in the name of God. Well, I you're probably... forgetting about the Holy War Clause. Thank you very much. The Holy War Clause that the Pope himself made up. Yes. yes. Uh, God came to him in his sleep and said, it's okay for you to kill people as long as you're killing people who don't believe in people um, uh, and, and i'm gonna leave this... it i'm gonna leave it to you to determine who those people are i saw a meme an anti like it was like anti-colonialism meme and it was like before columbus got here the natives were killing each other with rocks and sticks and then it was just a picture of the crusades which is just a bunch of people killing so... each other with Quick rocks and sticks. Quick side conversation about crusades. Do you feel like modern missionary work is just like toned down, like acceptable form of holy crusading? 
like because the crusades and then out of themselves was to uh spread the glory of god but instead they just hunted down people who they considered to be non-believers and more or less put a sword to their throat and say more often than not put a sword to their throat and say you don't believe in god you're dead okay or you know embrace god now or i kill you before i answer your question this reminded me do you remember the spur after columbine of people like like evangelicals like envisioning themselves in a columbine s setting like if the shooter if you're in a school and a school shooter comes and he tells you to denounce god or die you better die like have you heard any any like stuff um, like that no not oh specific. dude so that's a that'll be a whole topic too okay uh i don't know what the definition of a, of a crusade is it is definitely well similar. crusade crusades fall under basically conquering I'm speaking solely on the Holy Crusades. The Crusades in which took place that, um, you know, the, the church basically sent an army out to uh, conquer the land with Catholicism at the time, Christianity, whatever you want to call it, but more or less forced people <laughs> into believing something or perish. Um oh basically that times version of missionary work yeah spreading I mean, the word it's of god similar violently. it's funny because it's it was you a lot of that i feel like was like a lot of land was probably conquered during the crusades you know a lot of land changed hands and oh, yeah. i feel like it's very similar but it was also used like a common like colonialism tactic was to let missionaries go to X country and then they get attacked by the native people for X reason. Mm -hmm. So wherever they come from, like from my understanding, this is what France did in Vietnam sent missionaries, missionaries got attacked. So they sent the army to protect the missionaries. And then they're like, well, if we're going to be here, might as well set up shop. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like one of those, yeah, French colonialism. That's a fucking old ass phrase, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's non existent yeah. one now because I don't think any French colonies stand to this day. I think I mean, Vietnam was the last one though, wasn't it? The most I recent mean, one. You have, you have I shouldn't say that. You have remnants of French colonialism like Louisiana Purchase. I mean the French the French have a lot of influence and in in like ar architect and, yeah, and yeah. architecture and uh you know uh you know like the french quarter and you know and, uh, it, louisiana it took me 24 years of my life to understand that to understand that the louisiana accent comes from like a french it's based in like a french accent yeah. that has evolved over time so and like it's so all like, it's all French. So I mean, Canada is another example of a, a country that once had very uh, strong uh, French uh, involvement. Well, they still have a lot of French. Like they, a lot of them speak French. Like a whole part of the country does and stuff like that. Yeah. Which yeah. is funny that it's technically an English, like a, it's a Commonwealth country. So like the Queen is their ruler or the King now. Sorry. R.I.P. Lizzie. 
Lizzie number two. <laughs> I don't know. Lizzie it's weird. 2.0. Colonialism in itself is weird. I don't think that's a good topic for our podcast, but it is such a bizarre and violent time. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I don't think there's any harm in discussing it. I just don't think it's, uh, well, I mean, like for like a, a, like a deep dive type, yeah, really no, go into, yeah, it's, but... it's not a savory topic either, but. You know, I was just kind of curious because the way I look at it is like modern missionary work is obviously peaceful and outreaching and accepting and is all about spreading, you know, the love of God and the word of God. But it's also at the end of the day, an attempt to take anyone who's a non-believer in Christianity and converting them to Christianity. Now, a lot of that work is proven not so much with the end of a sword now, but through like going to an impoverished area of the world and building houses for them and giving them clean water and uh, food and teaching them how to uh, build things and uh, farm and basically it's like trying to get like basically trying to bribe them into right. thinking that God sent them there so you should believe in well, that. Well then you have like the rich the rich version of that is like you know for Instagram and stuff like that mm-hmm. like so they can feel good and post pictures and but this reminded me of a story I knew a bunch of kids that went on a mission trip in high school right and uh, they were on this bus in like Argentina or something down in South America and the bus stopped to pick up a hitchhiker right like this dude on the side of the road and like he got on the bus and was like making everybody feel uncomfortable and like doing all kinds of weird shit and like come to find out he was a plant like he was a member of the church and he was there just to like teach them some overarching lesson about loving my neighbor like, yeah, like, compassion, <laughs> like, like show compassion to people like, who you don't know or some shit are these kids on a mission trip or scared straight like, you know. yeah right yeah. Or, or undercover boss yeah um could probably slap all three together and make some sort of <laughs> fucked up flavor of oreo <laughs> oh, squeezed in the middle smack it's crazy to me they went to the same church that I went to. One time I went to church in one high school. Time. This one time. It was one of those, you can spend the night, but you got to go to church tomorrow type deals, right? Oh, and I was like, fuck's sake. <laughs> the, one of those parents. Yeah. And I was you. like, all right, yeah, how bad can it be? I'm open minded. Yeah, that's true friendship right there. Yeah. and uh, But I didn't have any clothes. So I, I showed up in jeans with holes in them and a metal militia hoodie. Like a skull with a motocross helmet on it, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, and they had just redone their church, like a multi-million dollar renovation, a brand new church. Massive did, they, fucking... did they point you out in the crowd and do like a <laughs> mid-sermon exorcism? <sighs> this boy needs our help. No, but literally the sermon was cut in half. Two parts. Part A, teenagers deserve no privacy. They are unworthy of it. They should not have doors on their rooms, no locks on their cell phones, stuff like that. They're heathens, unworthy of privacy. Second half of his was give us fucking money. This renovation was expensive. 
I shit you not. That was all he talked about. Have you ever and been then, to a church that does tongues, speaks in tongues? No, but Bailey, my fiance, grew up in one of those. But after that, they sang. Everybody cried. It was screaming and crying, and people were like falling on the ground and shit. I felt nothing. Deep inside me, I felt nothing. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? What is going on here? Crazy. You, just, you didn't open your heart to no, Jesus Christ. No, I didn't Christ. open my heart to Jesus Christ. Or maybe, I, I don't know. Or maybe, just maybe, all those people have, have, some, have, have some form of mental illness and you were the normal one. I mean, hear me out. As a kid, you grew up in the church and you see that. And you think, why doesn't God talk to me? Why don't I feel that? And you worry over that, and you stress over that, and you worry over that, and stress over that again and again and again and again and again. Until you start having panic attacks. Small children. Why do you think they start them young? Well, and then you give yourself a panic attack or some sort of anxiety explosion. You tell some little kid that you the Lord. Yeah, you repent to Jesus Christ right now, or you're going to burn for all of eternity and fire and brimstone under the Lord of the underworld, Lucifer, the morning star. And you're like, as a little impressionable child, that's a traumatizing thing to be sold on. You should so pick your religion at 18. <laughs> so, so obviously you're going to side with whatever isn't that. Um, and yeah, it's, I don't, yeah, it's, it's tough, man, because I know I'm going to have to, fight this battle when my kids start getting older and yeah and, i really and, hope and, we and, don't. And, and you're going to you're gonna have to as well well bailey's um, parents are very big church like speaking in tongues church goers so but i'm hoping yeah. that i'm hoping that because i cut my mom off everybody knows to stay the fuck back you know what i mean stay in their lane yeah i mean ultimately but, i don't uh, want I guess I want my children to believe in whatever they feel in themselves. I don't want them to be influenced to believe anything. I think about this, but like, is there any chance for them to just believe in Christianity? Like the the only thing that comes to mind is that they are like, let's say like no religious really experience. Like, they're taught about it in schools. They're taught about it at an educational base level. They know they exist. They know people believe in them. They know some of the details, but not the whole shebang, right? Yeah. And then they they have a religious friend in school and end up going to church with them. And something there clicks, whether it's the community or whatever. I feel like that's the only way a kid without religious parents can get into being religious because – I think yeah. So it's indoctrination. Whether it's good or bad, it's it's you have to indoctrinate somebody into the yes, religion. Yes, and that's that's the and that and that is a word that a lot of us have come to accept as a uh as kind of a bad word. Not like bad, but an an unsavory word, indoctrination. The first thing that comes to mind is like Hitler Cults. killing Jews. Hitler's, yeah. Um, <laughs> Charles Manson. Um, but I, I don't believe all religion is bad. I think no, there are no, good no, no. pockets of... Yes, yeah. there's plenty of big pockets out there of good 
good, honest to goodness Christians. I've met them. I've interacted with them. And that's why I haven't completely written them out of my life. <laughs> it's but, an cab, but for Christians. <laughs> oh. But, and I, you know what? And that goes, yeah, I've met, I've, I've rubbed shoulders with Buddhists and they're some of the best people I know. Um, Super Zen. And, you know, I've, I also know a very large handful of people who practice Judaism and they're just, you know, every they're day. They're all just people. Isn't that yeah, crazy? they're just people. They're everyday run of the mill people. But as soon as you flip on the religion switch, something in them, like, it's like a light switch that just clicks and they immediately will go on some sort of offensive for that religion because that is the religion that they practice. And that is why they say religion is not polite conversation because literally wars and thousands, if not hundreds to even millions of lives in human history have been destroyed and lost over the argument of nothing else than religion. Crazy. You know what's crazy to me, and it's hard for me to conceptualize because I'm not a religious person, but pe two people who are religious and practicing of two different religions marrying. Because like if one person religious and one's not, I feel like that's easy to work with. Both people aren't religious or both people are religious of the same religion. Very easy. Yeah. But the other way, it just seems like, obviously it can work and it's whatever, but it just seems like one of you is not going to heaven, right? You both have to think the other person is not going to the right place. My boss, afterlife. my boss um, was um, raised in, uh, with, I'll call it plural religions. Um, uh -huh. So that meaning dad was one thing mom was another what you're speaking of right now and i can give you a little bit of an inside track on how that lifestyle goes just based off of the stories he told me about his childhood so they were divorced his parents ended up getting <laughs> <it> divorced <laughs> they they didn't make it um because of some of the things that you just you know brought to light are you it's constantly difficult. trying to convert your partner subtly for their whole life so they go to heaven with you is that what well here's the catch about catholicism let's say uh male catholic female baptist if she wants to if the catholic church if okay let me start over that's if, another i didn't even think about two if, sex if the male wants the to have a Catholic wedding, a Catholic church wedding, which oh my god, <laughs> don't go to one if you don't have to. It's a two and a half hour to four hour, depending on which version how Catholic, how Catholic do you want to be about <laughs> your Catholic wedding? Do you want basic, mid, sort of high, or all out? Bronze, gold, <laughs> silver, gold, and platinum. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just like health insurance, you want the bronze package, the silver, the gold, oh or the platinum. God. Exactly, it's fucking wild. So, uh, I had a cousin, two cousins actually. So, uh, both raised in the Catholic Church, wanted Catholic weddings, Catholic Church weddings. 
cool. So in order for that to work, both parties have to be Catholic. Like within a active, participating Catholic community church. And if you're Southern Baptist and your husband is Catholic, guess No what? Catholic If wedding. you if you wanna if you wanna marry him, not only do you have to go through classes and marriage counseling through the church, Hilarious. you have to devote yourself to the Catholic religion and renounce your previous religion. Uh, I renounce Protestant Jesus for Catholic Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Just literally, like, what? <laughs> I didn't What even are think we about doing? the two sects like that. And that's an interesting type like in itself. I know I'm kind of rambling now, but like, let's say you're just Christianity is the right No, this one. is good. We need to keep going with this. That's it. Christianity is the right. Like that's the right religion. Okay. Everything else is wrong, but let's say you follow the wrong sect, right? Mm So hmm you're, sinning without knowing and not repenting for those sins but because even your version of Christianity they're not sins do you not go to heaven Right. So, you know, <laughs> and I know I just said I know. You know. I know, I know. you know you know <laughs> You know that I know that I just said I, you know, um, and I hate myself for it because I have been counting. That's the fourth time tonight that I've That's so I've funny. caught. It's the fourth time I've caught. I'm sure You're I've going said to re-listen. it more. It's going to be like 10. It's going to be like 30. But anyways, so oh, get back on track. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Okay. So Catholics believe that baptism is your saving grace and what gives you your Ticket to heaven. ticket to heaven. It's merely the baptism. And then yeah, it's it's also it's a combination of baptism and then Jesus Christ. So um that means if you have a newborn and this is their belief if you have a newborn and let's say quite literally god forbid they are a victim of sids and then it was I know bef where it's going. and and It's and not it funny. was and it was before that they were baptized <laughs> it's horrible. then <laughs> sorry about your luck <laughs> it's not but funny, you're but but... you're completely innocent little baby that you had no control over losing just died because of for you know because we can't scientifically explain it because that's how SIDS works It... but they That died reminds I'm me, sorry but your baby went to hell it reminds me of the bit in American Dad where they think Roger's dead. So Francine and Haley and Steve go to the church to like the Catholic church to see if he would go to heaven. And they're trying to figure out if pets go to heaven. And he's like, oh, no, of course pets don't go to heaven. He's like, do you want to pick up dog poop in heaven? No, I didn't think so. And there's this little chart. And it's like people in heaven and then all the animals are in hell. And it's like, <laughs> and there's like a baby at the end and it's just like unbaptized in parentheses <laughs> over it. So like, that's what, <laughs> yeah but exactly it's like, uh, it, and so yeah it's it's a very well known thing what I just said there isn't a secret I mean a lot of people know about this and it obviously you know you just 
made a pop culture reference to it, which is, and that of American Dad. But it's like, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. like, that's a little heavy metal. That's and they kind ju of, that's they just literally they... Dante's Inferno in the video <laughs> game. Cleopatra, which is a boss level, literally pulls infants, infant demon babies out of her say. titties and then throws them at you. You have to fight. And then <laughs> and then you have to slay said demon infant crawling death babies. And it's like ah. That is so funny. That is so I, like I, uh, and you know that happens to you and they just put one hand on your shoulder and go it's God's plan. What can you do? You know? It's like... Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was God's plan to send another baby to hell. You fucking assholes. Uh, I, Catholicism is... I have... It, like I said, I just said, I, I had two cousins, both one male, one female, but both opted for the Catholic weddings. And one did the gold package and the other one thankfully did the silver it's so, so funny. um i i got to save an hour of my life on the second one I saw that is crazy the after parties were great i mean the receptions awesome um the that physical ceremony blow my fuck oh yeah. and if you wanted and you had the option to take communion if you wanted it but i was like i don't feel like i deserve uh, communion because I'm not a practicing Catholic, but I will take your wine if that's what you're. Um, this is really Christ's blood, dude. That that guy must have been lit all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Body of Christ is like this flavorless little wafer. Blood of Christ is, uh, you know, most of the time on Sunday, you know, Sunday mornings and afternoons, it's a uh, great Kool Aid or whatever, and then. Uh, at, you know, an adult, an adult at, a, at a yeah, it's flavor <laughs> at an adult event such as a wedding. They did have actual wine there, um, so yeah, you have the blood of Christ, the body of Christ, and then they do the lumi patres and do the cross thing, and then they kiss your forehead and then spank your ass and say, "I'll see you later." Um, <laughs> I mean, in, in confessionals, you're telling me that there are men on this earth that are not my equals but are holier than thou and can sit in a little hidden box and let me dump my sins on them and they are capable of absolving me i just and then let's not like... and let's not even get into the <laughs> idol worship of mary magdalene you what <sighs> the rosary must be crazy <sighs> Because it, it'd be like a hundred people saying, I swore, or I had impure thoughts. I you swear get that one God. that's like, I fucked my cousin. It, and it's you know what? Like, quick oh, disclaimer. Shit. If you listen to this fucking podcast and you're Catholic, I am not fucking sorry. <laughs> okay? <sighs> sorry, fucking not sorry. But everything if everything that I just listed to you sounds like a really swell time and you think that that's the appropriate way to approach being close to God, um, check out the Catholic Church. You know. That's please, funny. Please leave. Who's Unfollow, there? block us, do whatever you gotta do. 
crazy. Look, all I'm saying is I don't believe in a God that wouldn't let that girl from Bridge of Terabithia go to heaven. Okay? Right. Right. Exactly. I Okay. there's no there's no comprehension to how that's even remotely fucking correct. And and I know why it's that way, because uh it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a man made religion. Um What? Say what? No. So obviously, you know, when you're writing a rule book, uh, an outline, how to be a good person and live your best life and a time period in which people were more or less just savage in general. Um, yeah, the Holy Bible was a pretty convincing way to straighten up people's acts. But uh, nowadays... Now that we're civilized, now that we have, the internet you know, the internet, now that we have cryptocurrency, <laughs> now that McDonald's we can go to McDonald's and get steak, egg, and cheese bagels, um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say that the, the, the contents of the Bible is out there. The Bible in itself is crazy. It's crazy that they can edit the Bible first off, that they can like make edits, Oh yeah, take if things you get out. if you get a, it's just like politics. If you get And enough old white dudes who all agree to make a change, <laughs> then they'll do it. and also it's like, yeah, we don't talk about that bit. There are whole sections that are just irrelevant for the most part. Like that's Yeah. yeah, that's Yeah. crazy. Bunch of dudes out in Italy in this place called the Vatican. Vatican was like, "Yeah, we don't like that rule. We think it's time to change it." And you're like, "Totes." And before that, You had kings who were capable of not only writing, but producing and manufacturing and enforcing new versions of the Bible whenever they saw it fit. Oh, let's say like, oh, I'm going to go ahead and rewrite this Bible so I can divorce my wife, or I'm going to rewrite this Bible so I can have six wives, or I'm going to rewrite this Bible so I can murder one of six wives, or Three of six wives, or all of them, if I fucking feel like it. I mean, in, in what in what fucking universe does this sound like a book in which you should model your life after by today's standards? Yeah. Tell me, how does I that mean, fucking work? how many churches use the King James version? When was there a King James? So King James was the son of uh, Mary, Queen of Scots, and he was trauma traumatized by the death of his mother, and he became obsessed with the occult. And through that obsession, not only did he decide to make his own, you know, fucking version of the Bible, which is now the number one selling uh, version of said Bible
wrongfully accused, wrongfully um, sentenced, and ultimately killed. What you do is you tie her to a chair. You tie a bunch of rocks to that chair. You throw her in a lake, okay? Now, if she drowns, she's not a witch. If she doesn't drown, she's a witch. And you know, out of all those tests and all those women, I wonder how how many times they had to kill one before they realized none of them were witches. <laughs> the next one will be a witch. I promise. And then, how how much misinformation was involved with, uh, you know, if it was a, a private execution, who's to say, oh shit, she drowned. Well, let's just say she didn't, and she flew up out of the water and shot us with lightning. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> I uh, like that. That's yeah. badass. Yeah, that's metal as fuck. And that way, we can at least sound like we tried, and then, you know, obviously we failed because she shocked us with lightning. And meanwhile, her dead corpse is just sunken at the bottom of the lake. <laughs> and uh, now she's being fantasized and, uh, you know, story told and, and having songs written about her. And then you have the Eagles with their witchy woman song. And, you know, I mean, it's just history is not kind in regards to religion. It's dark, it's dirty, it's gritty and nasty. And it doesn't have a really great reputation being carried over from the early days but then there was like this cultural shift where i would say 9 11 was probably a good one but i would be willing to say you saw a cultural shift into like we're no longer you know savagely spreading the word of god but we're now going to take on a modern peaceful approach because as technology advanced and medicine advanced and knowledge in general advanced um we became you know more sophisticated and slightly we're, we're able to become more kind of socialized so to say uh throughout the centuries of progress and now you know, it's it's rather frowned upon to go on a quote holy crusade. Um, so yeah, the the whole thing is just when you break it down, it's really bonkers. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't doesn't, it, doesn't doesn't work. It's la- <laughs> it's, there, there's just so many layers, so many awful fucking layers that it's just like step back and examine. And, you know, people laugh about it. People laugh or like, well, yeah, well, they made that. You know, and, and, and certain denominations of Christianity all point their fingers at one another and call out and laugh about all their little nuances. Um, the only, like, true, and, and, I'm, and I'm just saying this from basic experience, but the only true, like, conforming, peaceful, non- completely full of shit Christian denomination I have ever come into contact with is the Christian Union Church uh, of Jesus Christ, which is and the and the entire premise of the Christian of the Christian Union Church is the embodiment and acceptance of the New Testament and Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior and the uh, 
you know, the one who will rapture us and and take us to heaven. Um, the, everything in the Old Testament is, you know, leave the past in the past because we we like to chill in the New Testament because that's where all the good stuff is. That's where we found salvation. That's where we get the book of Revelation, the book of Matthew, um, the the crucifixion, the birth, everything, all of it. The, what about that's, the, that's the newest? The new what? The newest. The Book of Mormon, you see. Oh, well, I've, I have I don't believe in science fiction translating into uh, <laughs> religion. So to, to further get to my point here, <laughs> um, basically, they're just some more they're the most authentic that I've ever come into contact with. Um, and usually the politest and modest, um, very humble. Uh, I've been to Grace Baptist Church, uh, Grace Brethren Baptist Churches, and the the stage, the auditorium, the acoustics, the, the lighting, the sound, the super screens, and the projectors, and uh, just the the auditorium and all on its own is just a super auditorium, and a, you know, they they could put on a fucking rock concert there if they wanted to, uh, and they probably do with Christian music like Christian rock, but uh, <laughs> you know it's it, it's it's the fundamental reason of it's the antithesis really it's the antithesis of what I hate about modern christianity and that's excess because they're like anyone else they take advantage of the system they they aren't taxable and they're raking in all of this money um they don't that they are spending on the church but only to increase themselves to the point where they can accept more people so that they can get more money and just keep evolving I mean, when you have a pastor on the stage who's wearing a motherfucking Rolex watch <laughs> while giving his sermon, I have a problem with that. What a man can't have taste. Mm, it's not about the taste. It's about <laughs> it's about the fact that he got that fucking Rolex tax free because God needed him to know what time it was before he went and spoke his fucking word. It's so um, funny, you know. So Did God just tell you what time it is, dude. And when we came to me, and I can really, you know, I can really feel his presence here on the stage today, people. Let me tell you, did I mention homosexuals are going to burn in hell? <laughs> the gay agenda. The gay agenda. Have you seen this shit? How they're just trying to make everything gay. I heard about this site called Tumblr where they talk about the gay agenda. Oh, well, this one time <laughs> I was uh, so proud to be in the room when, because uh, I, I. I used to go. Do I sound like someone who used to go to church and then kind of fell out of the good graces of being a part of a church? Yeah, you do. You're very knowledgeable. Okay, cool. Because that's what I am. But anyways, <laughs> um, I was in a church one day, and I had the pleasure of getting to listen to a uh, a sermon where the Oculus Rift virtual reality headset came, got brought up. <laughs> and, and the pastor was all it's like, the devil. and they have this virtual reality now called the Oculus Rim. 
He didn't even <laughs> pronounce it right. <laughs> the Oculus Rim doll. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and you'll put on these glasses and you'll be seduced into this virtual world where you won't have to, you know, work and everything will just be virtual and there'll be no God and it's the devil. And basically, like what you said, the short story is it's the fucking devil. And well, I want I, you to know God can see it in this virtual world and he can see all that hentai you're doing. <laughs> 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 all the hentai you're playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, geez. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, you know what's, uh, what's funny is cool. religion was not one of the scheduled, <laughs> scheduled topics for that. No, but man, did we just we were fucking going. run it. We just had to run it because I you can't get me on the subject without me. It rears its head a lot. Just in this, without in this me podcast. just getting my fucking two cents in, man. It, well, actually, I, they're all I, fascists. I, I just <laughs> i i only I only speak of it in such regard because of the just the backward logic and the complete and total acceptance of um, just bigotry hatred and, and blasphemy just <sighs> contradictive it, I'm part of this Facebook group com- that's called there's no love like Christian hate yeah there's no love like Christian hate that's another really great phrase that has, gets thrown around and yeah so I mean religion is uh it's a toughie for for being a parent in today's world, especially. And much like you said several minutes ago, I think the only way a child can get to a point where they naturally believe in a god is if they're introduced to it by the parent or if not by the parent through some other channel. You're going to end up hearing about it somewhere. And it's going to be the day that they come and ask me about it that it's all fake news. I'm going to have to <laughs> say, I, I want you to be able to form your own opinion because I think that's important. Just because I feel the way that I feel doesn't mean I think everyone else should, which separates me from them. I'm not out here preaching against anyone's beliefs or against any one religion. It's easy to pick on Christianity because, in my opinion, they are the most flawed throughout human history, except for maybe that of Islam does terrible things to humans and what chopping off heads. So, um, and, uh, and shooting people in the forehead with a shotgun at point literally point blank range I've seen a few of them so you know i uh you know you know you know you know, know. i know you, you know. know that i know that i just said I know, I, you, you know. know yeah you know um so uh yeah <laughs> they basically yeah. i don't want my children to um feel like they're pressured but right. i also don't want them to feel afraid to believe in whatever they think comes to them because, you know, I was just saying before, I, I it's easy to pick on them because I do know more about them. I'm sure other religions have their flaws, too, and other people who have practiced those religions 
um, can can speak to that. I'm not going to speak to it. Uh, however, it's important to note that I I'm not just some like Christian hater or religious hater. I just don't appreciate the um the overall tone of it by today's standards. I don't appreciate um excessive wealth, especially in churches when they could be using that money to funnel it back into their community. Um there's an idea. And yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. When the fucking pastor is driving a Tesla, you I'm sorry, you're not giving back enough. <laughs> um so it's um a lot of it's rooted in good and unfortunately just as much of it is rooted in, in excess and, and I guess you could say bad. Um and I don't want to give the impression that it's just like I said, me hating on those, you know, groups specifically because I don't typically um care what you believe in. I work with a guy who is a very vocal, self-proclaimed Satanist, uh, modern-day Satanist, not an Anton LaVey Satanist. Um, um, so. That's really funny. Those people are either really cool or really annoying. Luckily, he's really cool. I was like, but there's really no in-between. They're either like super chill super down to earth, super accepting to everything. It's just like, yeah, man. Or yeah. they're like, I'm a Satanist and that's my whole personality. Yeah. I mean, he's a little bit of like, I'd say he's probably a little bit of both, but he, he's not like pushy about it, right. but or like, he, but edgy. he, but he's very embraceive of it. And that, and in my opinion, he's not, doing anything that a Christian wouldn't do because Christians have Jesus shirts and Jesus this, Jesus that, fish Jesus on their cars, um, Jesus families on their, you know, windshields, um, you know, the cross stickers and bumper stickers and all sorts of other stickers that you can put on anything you want to advertise and, exp and be expressive about being a Christian. Good for you. Really glad you're out here <laughs> doing God's work, advertising to me that you believe in God and that you are hoping that, that by you doing that, there's just this slim little chance that you're going to convert someone to be like, oh God, they have fish Jesus on their car. I think I'm a Christian now. I need to go find him. Go find Jesus. Let me know where you find him. It's the world's greatest for, it's the world's longest running round of go hide and seek. Hilarious. So, yeah. I heard Jesus is at the Hooters in Las Vegas. I found him in the church pew in the stick of truth one. So um yeah, that's wild. Okay. Uh so what what do you think about this air quotes partial mobilization in Russia? Mm, so there's been a lot of chatter. So the initial figures were uh well based off of Putin's speech, which this was his indication that they were mobilizing uh, 300,000 uh, men, uh, soldiers, for to go to the Ukraine. However, there's some deep state chatter and intelligence saying that that was inaccurate and based off of what they are seeing, it's closer to a 
So a couple of things. One, I saw that they uh drafted a bunch of ineligible people from the wrong province and had to send them all back. So that was pretty funny. So also something I would do. All these flights. Everyone's trying to leave. Flights, trains, right border crossings, anything. anything oh, it's all shut down do. now, but yeah. the, number, the number one yeah. search term on Google that day was how to break a hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People trying to how get to, out of being drafted. Yeah. How to get the Yeah, how to get the fuck out of this bullshit. Now, um, here's the thing. Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, it's at the end of the day, like how many people are actually going to break a bone not to have to go to war? I don't know. It's tough. It's a, it's yeah. But here's here's the problem I have with this. From the get go, Russia has had more numbers, more guys, right? Yeah. And it's like I, I forget what the total, the beginning figures were about that same draft number in the three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand range. I think the initial invasion was somewhere in the 100,000 range and they've only suffered 6,000 I mean I say only we didn't lose 6,000 troops in 20 years of <clears throat> Afghanistan presence anyways 6,000 troops out of some 100,000 it's and you were already struggling to mobilize See, I've them I've seen bigger numbers than 6 feed them well those are what they report it's the russian probably, numbers it's yeah probably, it's probably more than that the biggest but, number i've seen is 80 most numbers i've seen are in the teens and 20s still over 100,000 men also how many of those guys are actually combat troops that are uh, out of that 100,000 you know what i mean well, obviously and, not a lot of them are logistics because that's their biggest here, here's what they're not counting tyler they're not counting malnourished soldiers Soldiers who just froze to death, soldiers who starved to death, soldiers who deserted, uh, got dehydrated, soldiers that are uh, POWs, soldiers that are um, MIA. They're not counting. They're counting probably like the total of the entire conflict that is like represented by like one region. Uh huh. And the rest of it is just subjective. So, all in all, you can't trust anything that these fuckers say. Because they're never going to tell the truth. Because if they tell the truth, then everyone will know the truth. And then they won't be happy about it. So, yeah, it's just easier to lie. But their biggest pitfall has been logistics. And I don't believe that it's manpower logistics. It's it's like they don't have enough logistic vehicles or fucking attack vehicles no. for the things of the like. No. So all these troops are not going to affect that. Those no. like logistic lines will only stretch so far. Okay. That's a big reason why they didn't just, you know, make it to Kiev already. Let's say optimistically out of this draft, let's say, let's go with the first number that Putin gives you. Let's go with 300,000. Let's say out of those 300,000, 240,000 of them, actually end up getting allocated to them. Now you've added 200,000 more men to your original whatever starting number was. And out of those original men, you couldn't get them proper supply chains. 
you couldn't get them set up with proper, you know, food. Weapons, you couldn't armor, get them set up with proper armor, fuel, weapons, vehicles, vehicles anything. Yeah. You could not get dick for fuck started. <laughs> and let's say, now let's go to the complete opposite side. Let's say you do achieve getting a million fucking sorry souls to be cannon fodder for you. Are you just gonna march them across the border? And whoever makes it makes it. This it gives me World War Two vibes. Where, yeah. hey, I don't, I don't have a gun. Yeah, we know you're just supposed to pick someone's up who dies, like mm-hmm. pick up your buddy's gun when he dies and use that. Until then, hang out. It's like yeah. it, crazy. It's, it's asinine. And honestly, I think the countrywide protests and people trying to flee the country sends the correct message across the board. Um, Putin probably doesn't like it. The fact that he's met minimal resistance and within his cabinet and his closest members of the government within the Kremlin um, haven't successfully removed him from office and or you know I'm 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 a little shocked that they yeah, haven't definitely. achieved that yet. But yeah, the whole thing is heating up. Uh, it's definitely a new bundle of tension. He I'm was curious. he wasn't gonna have much more time to just sit on getting his ass kicked all the way back to the border before he came out and was like, I'm gonna send out more people and if you try and saw me, I'll nuke you. I'm serious. I'll nuke you. <laughs> And and that rhetoric has only came up when he is in moments of desperation, which makes him, which does make Putin a scary, unpredictable little bitch boy, because when he's not under that type of pressure, he'll be like, oh, nukes are, nukes are no option whatsoever. No one wins in nuclear warfare. We wouldn't benefit from that. They should never be used. And then as soon as things really start not going your way and people are calling for your head again, you're like, I will nuke you. I will, I will do nuke it. you. I'll, I'll do, do it. it. I'm not bluffing. I was talking to JJ. And I was just thinking, like, obviously not, like, funny, but horrible. But how funny would it be if, like, he, let's say he did use a tactical nuke in Ukraine, just a small one to send a message. Yeah. And then Joe Biden's like, I, t- I told you, cake pop. I told you. And he presses like a couple buttons and we just sink the whole black fleet with ballistic <laughs> missiles. It's like, or the black sea fleet with ballistic missiles like it's nothing. Just vaporize the black <laughs> yeah. sea. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, the black sea is bordered by more than just Ukraine. And Well, uh, that's why I said ballistic and not nuclear. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know. But it's also a main way of uh, commerce in uh-huh. that part of the world. Well, that that's why the Black Sea fleet is so important to them. That's how they protect their strategic interests in such an area. Yeah, we have strategic assets under wraps in here. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious what the training time is going to be because, like, not long enough, dude. Soldiers who are untrained and willing to fight don't win wars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Quite literally, it's like um, number one, like cocktail for disaster when you're talking him. I I mean 
untrained and unmotivated don't work. Piss poor motivation through, you know, piss poor training. You know, it's uh, you know, I know, I said I know. And anyways, um, <laughs> it's gonna so, be yeah. interesting to see how it plays R- out. Russia, Russia is just a complete in a complete state of hot dog water. This sounds hate. like. This is horrible to say, kind of, but this sounds like the end of season one or the beginning of season two for the <laughs> the war in Ukraine. Yeah, like the like, cliffhanger. Yeah, all these the, troops get trained. Yeah, the cliffhanger is is you know Ukraine has officially slapped back, pushed them pretty much out of all of the territory that they occupied, and now you have. An angry little psychopath on the other side of the board, snatching up anyone from the age of fifteen to like seventy to hold a gun, just go out there and try and do something. And you know, it's only out of these million, only ten thousand of them came from Moscow. It's yeah, it's reportedly overwhelmingly ethnic groups that are being drafted and sent over to, not like. Your ethnic mm. Russians. Yeah. It's uh it's just another crime against humanity, really. Speaking of, apparently the UN found forty sets of war crimes committed in, in Ukraine by the Russians. Not that, that anything is gonna come from that. The only way war crimes are tried are if a UN nation defeats said war crimer in a war and can wrangle up everybody to be charged. Like yeah. Russia's not turning anybody over to the UN for hearings or no, anything like that. No, so. they're not going to answer for any of that. They're yeah. not going to willingly submit them. They're in the middle of a war, and they're trying to maintain their border integrity, so to say. Uh, the whole Georgia, you know, thinking about invading Russia. I Hilarious. Just, I just wish that me, would happen. Hilarious. Just, just do it. Just yes, please. <laughs> Why not? Now's your chance, fuck. Yeah. I mean look what look what the Ukraine proved that they're capable. So yeah, believe in yourself and go have your Michael Jordan. <laughs> you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. This comes full circle to the beginning. You gotta take chances, man. That's really funny. You gotta take chances. Uh, the, the other thing is super heavily rumored, and I'll be honest with you, as much as I want to, I don't believe it. Oh, okay. But support, uh, this is the other topic we were talking about, if you're good to switch gears. Sorry, that was a little abrupt. But, uh, oh, I'm just uh, right. With Russia, you can only speak so much about it. Yeah, right, time. especially right now. Um, apparently, there's a coup happening in China, and like the only place people are seeing any evidence of it, evidence of it is uh, Indian. India news channels saying that the PLA has taken over the government and Winnie the Pooh is on house arrest. It <laughs> <laughs> cracks me up that people call him that, but he really does look like Winnie Doesn't he? Yeah. It's hilarious. Uh, I just, I mean, the video I sent you, it reports came from two days ago, and it kind of is believable that it would make take about two days from news on an Indian news network to blow up stateside. But like, how do you keep that? I mean, I guess 
again, China controls the internet and the media, so it wouldn't be impossible to keep it under wraps either if it was happening. Yeah. I just feel like we'd see more about it. But also, yeah. would they want it? Like, let's say that happened. Would the PLA want everyone to know they did a coup? Like, does that look very destabilizing for China and things like that? Well, they already are. Yeah. It wouldn't, I guess, a huge shock for okay. everyone. Let's say China falls due to a housing collapse and uh, this coup happened, maybe, right? Yeah. Uh, and Russia falls to revolution or, yeah. you know, Putin's forcibly removed from office. <laughs> do you yeah. think we had a hand in any of that or do you think it's just happy coincidence? Um. Well, there's... Uh... Very little we don't have our hands in, whether yeah. it's publicly unknown or closed door. It's like, we do coups, right? And if this coup happened, I just feel like it's a stretch to say we had much to do with it. I'm sure our hands were in there, but it's I not like think, a South American coup yeah. where we're like... I don't think we... Maybe we do, maybe we don't. But I'm, I'm just taking a shot in the dark here. I'm going to say I don't think America has the ability to plant a coup in China. Yeah, they seem like too but, close of an ally like I, on power status, not like yes, on a on economics. It's yes. Equal, yeah. But on a on another hand, I think they could be very influential in getting one started. Well, maybe I'm thinking more if like helping it along, like one is starting and they're like, "Oh, here, here's some money, or here's whatever," you know. I like, mean, funding one and starting one are two different things. True. Well, I mean, like I could see, like, oh, there's a coup starting in China. We need to do everything we can to help that flourish. You know, like once again, funding. Yeah. And one, however you want to look at it, that's funding an existing coup. The second version here is orchestrating and purposely forming and executing. So that that's more or less the differences I'm I'm discussing. And I don't know. It's interesting to think about it, though. It, it is interesting. I I it, it feel it feels kind of tab tabloidish to me. I think doesn't it? Yeah, I I want it to be true. <laughs> yeah, I I don't think it. I don't think that's happening. I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. And say I, I got to agree with you. I don't think it's real either. But we'll see, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll take the news for what it, for whatever it is. And the sooner we get off of being dependent on um, Taiwan for microchips, I mean, as Def far as, as far as for Taiwan, because at that point, I see the U.S. becoming complacent, knowing that they're able to produce what they need now in house instead of yeah, instead of having to have that third party connection, and it's going to cause us to just kind of throw our hands up and say, oh, "We don't give a fuck. You do what you want with the China," and then within you know a twenty-four hour period. Um, it becomes annexed into China, Taiwan. <laughs> so that'd be, yeah, I could see it. 
fake because news. whereas the Ukraine, like everyone said, oh, Russia's just going to roll over the Ukraine and it'll fall within a week. Well, we're here uh, almost eight mm -hmm. months later and still going strong, if not really building a super solid case for winning. Definitely. Um, so I think that, uh, yeah, I think the Ukraine is territorially and size-wise more capable of defending itself and was Definitely. more capable of doing what it's done. Taiwan, on the other hand, uh, is kind of just a, you know, a fish well, in the water. Ukraine was able to give up a lot of land strategically, and Taiwan can't give an inch, you know? Like... No, and you have literally... I mean, just a very small sliver of water separating you from mainland China, and I mean, if the if the Chinese naval, you know, fleet surrounded the circumference of Taiwan, I feel like they would just shell it from boats and ballistic missile it. For from as, the mainland, yeah, for 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 as long as they can, and then just roll in and pick up the pieces later, so to say. I I know Taiwan looks small on the map, but it's not it's not tiny, but it's also not huge, right? So I mean, it's no Philippines or New Zealand or anything, but I think that uh, yeah. I think I think that's you know my best explanation. Yeah, it's crazy. I agree. Uh, we're about at the two hour mark. I got one little tidbit that we can do a uh, asshole if you want and skedaddle. Uh, but we talked. I think it was last week, maybe or mm -hmm. the last podcast before that about you brought up this triangular air vessel ship. That we have, oh, yeah. supposedly. Uh, a couple of months ago, I listened to Tom DeLong on Steve-O's podcast. He's the leader, that was the lead singer, founding one of the founding members of Blink-182. And he left the band to go find aliens, basically, right? But from my understanding, the, the books he wrote are true but fake. So, like, the big events that happen in the book are real, but all the details around it are fake. So he's not giving up any real events but like he is it's a way to slowly introduce us to the fact that aliens exist through this book and it's written and the information is given in a way to where like it's drip fed to you like it was found by scientists but it's all neatly put into this nice narrative dealing with a uh Polish Jew who escaped a Nazi work camp, a modern-day reporter, a modern-day Harrier pilot who interacted with the UFO on a mission and was scooped up by the CIA to fly that aircraft that you described. It was described the same way in that book, which I think is really interesting that it's, you know, supposedly, the book is supposedly real and the aircraft is also supposedly real. It kind of, in my head gives a little validation to both ideas. I just thought that was really interesting. And once I'm done with it, I'd probably have a bunch of stuff to talk about. 
about aliens and how they exist in real life. Are you awake, Nick? Yeah. Yeah, you alive? Yeah, I'm good. You gonna you're gonna be able to do this asshole? Yep. Let's do okay. it. It's one it's pretty short, it's just one. Am I the asshole for refusing to compromise on custody after my daughter fought my daughter's father lied about what they were doing? I, thirty-two female co-parent, a thirteen-year-old Lily, with her father, we're generally flexible with days, and neither of us have any problem with the other. A few weeks ago, he texted me, "Could I pick up Lily Friday, September X, instead of Y, and drop her off A instead of B?" When I asked him why, he said his brother-in-law passed away, and his funeral was Saturday, and he wanted to leave Friday. It was in a city several hours away. I agreed to this. I wasn't happy with her missing school, but I compromised. A few days ago, a friend of mine sent me a picture from his social media of him with Lily at a ball game from that Friday in the city where his brother-in-law's funeral was. He never told me anything about that. I texted him and asked him what he was, uh, what was up with that and why he had lied. He said that he hadn't lied. It'd been a lucky coincidence that their a lucky coincidence that their favorite team was playing in that city, and he figured he might as well go to a game to see some of her favorite players. I asked if she had homework she should be doing, and he said that she had plenty of time to do it, and this was important to him. I'm very big on the importance of Lily doing well in school, so this was upsetting to me that he put a child's a child's game in something he wanted to do over schoolwork. I don't even think she likes the team for any reason other than to connect with her father, and I think it was mostly for him because I see all the nostalgia stuff he posts on Facebook. <clears throat> he posts on his social media about the team. Sorry. I told him he shouldn't have left that out of the plan he gave me and that I wasn't changing custody anymore for his mother's birthday and that he said he, he could pick her up and drop her off a few hours later, but she wasn't staying overnight and I wanted those hours back. Now he's incredibly upset with me and called me an asshole for overreacting. I just want Lily to understand that education is important to be prioritized and be surrounded by people that understand that. Oh. I say, <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's pretty obvious. I say, yeah, he's an asshole. Or she's an asshole because, like, I mean, he's the kid's dad. He should, he should just, you know, be able to do that, right? And she should just be fine with it on yeah. this level. Yeah. But did you ever think that maybe funerals suck? And they wanted to do something fun together. Mm-hmm. And also, even if the girl doesn't really like baseball, but she likes it to connect with her dad, that's a valid enough reason. That that reason alone is enough. Even if it's not her cup of tea, she doesn't watch baseball at home or whatever. Yeah, clearly it's... she loves her dad and wants to have something in common. With a way her. for them to bond, yeah. What a bitch. Yeah, like I figured her. that one was pretty easy. Yeah. yeah, I don't like her. And to like get back at him with being like, "No, now she can't go to your mom's birthday." <laughs> it's like why? Like <laughs> these two events are unrelated. Yeah. Very easy. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good episode. You got anything for our listener? Hey, listener. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Thanks, thanks for staying around. Yeah. Thanks. Um, you know. Check the socials, Unwise Analysis Podcast, basically everywhere. The Twitter, the Facebook. We have a Facebook group that no one's joined. That, you know, we haven't really pushed it too much. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, Facebook page, Facebook group, Twitter page, you know, Spotify. Leave us a, a five-star rating. That'd be pretty cool. Mm. You, you you would feel really good if you did that for us, mm. I'm sure. Mm. We actually currently have five stars on Spotify. I don't know if you knew that, Nick. 
based off of how many reviews? It doesn't tell me. I've yeah. reviewed it. JJ's reviewed it. I don't know who else has reviewed it. But... Well, if you're the only two. But... but I don't know if it takes two reviews or if it takes more than two reviews. True. You know, there might be a so, minimum number. Yeah, it'd be nice if you... How many people? If you got... And, like, how many, like, one stars, how many three stars, yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Alrighty. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Much appreciate you. Bye.